Jacqueline Breda is a psychic medium who graciously sat down with me to discuss her healing journey with ayahuasca and plant medicine. And as she spoke, I felt myself being covered with goosebumps as her healing energy was transmitted to me as well. She's a very powerful healer and medium, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to sit down with you today because I was really curious about your experience with ayahuasca and, and your um, introduction to the, the practice of, of working with plant medicine. I know that you traveled to Peru and Mexico recently and had a pretty extensive journey with, with plant medicine, and I'd love to hear um, how that started and, and what your experience was. So, yeah, so I've had a very, um, great experience with ayahuasca so far. I lived in New York city for many, many years. And then after COVID, I just said, you know what, I need to get out of here. And so I went to Mexico, um, with my friend and, you know, I hadn't actually planned on doing ayahuasca in Mexico. Um, for many years, I had sent to one of my friends that I really had this calling to go to Peru and do it with a, a shaman in Peru. Um, it's very popular there. So anyway, so I went to Mexico and I went to this one ceremony. It was actually a cacao and kirtan ceremony. Mm. And, you know, that was beautiful. And mm -hmm. um, we can talk about cacao as well. It's also a medicine. Mm -hmm. um, but I met my uh, my now boyfriend then, and he is Peruvian and he's also a shaman. Okay. So we met and, you know, I said to him, I was like, oh, it's like, you're from Peru. You know, I, I've always wanted to go to Peru and do ayahuasca. And he said, well, I have ayahuasca with me. Um, that's from Colombia. Mm. And I said, okay, interesting. And so we met like, I think two weeks later or something and you know, I said to him, okay, I'm, I'm ready to try it, but I want to try like a very low dose right now, because I really want to do the full dose in Peru. Like I was just determined to do it in a full dose in Peru. I don't know why, but that was my intuition. So the very first experience I had with it was with him on the beach in Mexico. And we went and he did, he gave me a very small dose. And so I wasn't having any of the visions um, that people describe, but what it did is it stimulated the body. Mm. It's a very much a multi-sensory experience. You know, it it's not just the seeing, but it's the hearing and it's very intense feeling as well. So that was really my first experience is just the bodily feeling. Like I, it just felt like my body was expanding mm. um, and opening up. And normally you purge, but I didn't purge again because it was a low dose. But what was interesting is, so my boyfriend grew up in uh, the Vedic culture in an ashram. And so he, while we were doing it, um, he was playing this drum, it's called Moringa. And it's an Indian drum and he was drumming and he was singing um, Icaros, um, which is sacred sounds from uh, sacred medicine songs 
um, from Peru. And so it put me into a really deep trance. And so I'm also a psychic medium. Mm-hmm. So as we were sitting there and I was starting to get into it and I was feeling the body, I started to have this visual shamanic journey. I'm getting goosebumps. And it was beautiful. Yeah. And so I was looking, so we were on the beach again and I was, you know, watching the waves and just kind of, you know, feeling into it. And all of a sudden I saw this, um, I'm just going to call him a king. I felt like he was very much king energy come from the water. Mm. And I have this thing where my guides, I've had many past lives in medieval times. And so on my psychic journey, I've been given so many different swords from my guides in order to do energy work. And as this guide came to me, he gave me a sword. He was holding, he was, I don't know, I would say maybe about six foot, white beard, and definitely I would say like kind of a merman um, type energy coming forward from the ocean. And he was holding a trident and he came to me and he gave me a sword. And what's interesting is the sword was curved. So this is the first curved sword that I've received from a guy. So like a sieve. It sounds like similar mm-hmm. to a sieve, right? Exactly. That's how you pronounce it, skiv, sieve. Yeah. A sieve. Yeah, I think so. Um, and he said to me, this is the, the sword of the ocean. Um, and I don't remember if he said there was like a specific purpose for it. Um, but he came and he gave me that and it was just, it was, you know, that was, that was really it for the experience that in that particular time, but it was still really beautiful and deep and, you know, allowed me to open, open the space within my body with Mm -hmm. the medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's good to kind of have that experience. Like a lot of people go and do ayahuasca and, you know, they have it for the first time and it is, it's very intense. It's a very much a shock to the body but I liked this sort of easing into it for Mm -hmm. me personally it was it was great experience um so that was my very first time with that the plant medicine and then when you say when you say low dose what was the what was the dosage like was it a normal you know a cup this big and about maybe three inches and half full or something like that so normally like if you go to a retreat and everything they'll give you they brew this so ayahuasca it's two different it's a root and a vine mm-hmm. that are steeped and brewed for days um in order for the dmt to activate and they'll serve it as a tea it looks like like you said in a little cup um and it's like this brown liquid but what the the newer shamans are doing are they're putting it into honey mm. And it's something that, you know, is kind of going around now, but it's, this one was from Colombia, but I've seen it in Peru as well. I've taken it from uh, the honey from Peru. So it was actually honey and it's a little bit more concentrated than the tea. Um, But my boyfriend just gave me like a little spoonful and I, normally you would take the, the honey and like you were making a tea and you would boil water and you would mix it, let it dissolve. Um, but the very first time I took it, he just gave me a little teaspoon. So okay. it wasn't that much. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think, let's say in the honey, one or two tablespoons 
would be a mixed cup. into water is a full dose. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And again, again, you know, when we're working with medicines like this, it really depends on, you know, your body weight and height and male or female. Um, so yeah, so that was my, my um, dosage for that. And then I want to say about a month later, uh, I ended up traveling to Peru with him. And I said to him, okay, I'm in Peru. I'm with you. I'm ready to do the full dose. Normally, you know, people, there's this diet you have to do, you cleanse before. And we had planned to do it. And I was in Peru for three weeks. And we kept saying, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And things just, it didn't end up working out. So two days before I left Peru, I said, I'm not leaving here (laughs) until I do it. And he said, okay. And it just so happened, like the timing we ate that day. And, you know, at night I said, okay, let's just do it. Mm -hmm. And so we did, you know, we, we did this whole sacred ceremony and, you know, I drank it. It was very, very curious to me because I wasn't, now this was a full dose. I I ended up taking the full dose. Um, The honey was mixed in water and we drank a full dose. And so I didn't really know what to expect. Like I was thinking it was like, you know, let's say cannabis, for example, you smoke a joint, right? And it kind of, the high, like you ease into it most of the time, right? Mm -hmm. You're not like, on mm-hmm. and I wasn't ready for this experience where it was like one minute I was fine and the next minute it just hit me mm. you know and it was so powerful and I remember we were lying in bed and I had my eyes closed and then I opened them and all of a sudden I lo- I was looking up at the ceiling and I just saw all this beautiful sacred geometry all mm. over the walls mm. and yeah it was gorgeous and it was very for me, it was like kind of a pinkish glow. Yep. Um, and very shiny. And so then I sat up and I started looking around the room and I could still see the room. You know, there's people have different experiences where they, they completely go into another dimension. But at first I was still in the room and I was seeing all the different sacred geometry and lights flickering and shine, you know, sparkles um, mm. all over the room. So, so then, you know, I, I'm looking around the room and I'm like, okay, but then I start to feel, oh, this is really intense, mm-hmm. you know, because you get everything at once. Like I mm-hmm. was feeling, I was seeing, and I was feeling, and for me, you know, we've talked about this on another episode in your podcast, but I went through a lot of trauma as a child. Mm-hmm. And so my intention going into this was to heal the trauma. And what I realized later on is that I needed to do a little bit deeper healing within my body, or rather this is, this is the experience spirit gave me because I needed to feel it. Mm -hmm. But the feeling in my body was so intense that I I got a little bit of fear Uh coming in. And was it like, was it like you wanted to jump out of your body type fear? You just felt trapped within the experience. Was that part of what the fear was? Yeah. Because, you know, as a psychic medium, I'm used to going on shamanic journeys and seeing things, right? Like I see, I'm very clairvoyant. So that was like, not what really scared me. But it was, I think it was, if it was just visuals on its own, I would have been in heaven, like, oh, this is Mm. so amazing. Um, But it was just that 
body experience yeah I was just like I just want to I even turned around and said to him I said this is too intense like I I wanted to jump out like you said mm-hmm. and oh, I feel it right I'll now you, so much yeah I'll tell you in a moment that's actually what happened but so I turned to him and I said that I said this is very intense I don't I don't like it I shouldn't have done this oh. and yeah and he said don't worry just breathe and then I looked at him and they say like again everybody has different experience but they say like don't look at people's faces <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him and he looked like a devil to me it was really mm-hmm. funny and I, I realized later on why but he had these like glowing red eyes and little horns <laughs> mm-hmm. um so then anyway, so it progressed. And what's interesting is there was a man, uh, a spirit, an earthbound spirit who was in the house. And we, my boyfriend's also um, very psychic. And so we both knew he was there. And at one point, my boyfriend left the room and I think he went down downstairs and I was sitting on the bed trying to like breathe and calm my nerves. And I, the door was open, it was like cracked open. And I saw the man walk and kind of hide behind the door. And, you know, I could see him before, but he was very much alive and, and real. Yeah, 3D. Um, 3D, yeah, in that moment. Um, so then I was kind of, again, you know, breathing. And at one point, um, I went outside and I went onto the rooftop. And I think my boyfriend was in the bathroom and I was, try- again, trying to calm down. And so all I could think, I'm like, what is going to help me in this moment? And all I could feel or hear was om. Mm. And so I just put my hands out like this and I looked at the sky and it was like, I could see the stars in the sky. It was very beautiful. And I just took a really deep breath and I was just like, om. And I just kept saying om over and over. And as I did that, the feeling in my body increased and increased Mm. and increased and it was so intense and that was actually that was I felt good I wasn't sure how to handle it but I felt good in that moment what was the feeling can you describe it is it possible to describe it or is it ineffable I mean I would do my best to describe but I think like you said it's it's just something to experience yeah but again it was this feeling of expansion Okay. And almost like um a tingling. Like ugh, it's going to sound weird but it felt like a tingling of white light Oof. pulsating throughout my body. Oof. And was this was Beautiful. that was it I mean, tied with the fear? Was was that feeling what was also tied in with the fear that you were experiencing mm-hmm. as well because it was just so intense right. that it was right. And it yeah. was maybe it sounds like maybe it was interacting with some of the held tense energy that you have from your past traumas mm. so the two were interacting and that's what was making it so terrifying mm. so anyway you were you were right. on the roof and you hurt you were called to chant om and it began mm-hmm. to, to the feeling began to intensify even more yeah and I don't remember like it's all kind of a little hazy but at some point I ended up going down to the bathroom because again you know the medicines especially ayahuasca makes you purge so I was, um, I went down to the, to the bathroom and so I had this, I don't know what to tell you for, okay. I had this really interesting experience. So 
I was there and I was like kind of I felt like a little nauseous so I felt like I was going to throw up but I didn't yet and I was there and I was just breathing and I was calling my guides like I set intentions for specific guides to come forward during this so I was breathing and I was like I'm you know telling them I'm a little fearful please come to me and all of a sudden it just started to increase and I let go a little bit you know I started to let go a little more a little more and all of a sudden I just saw this like the energy was moving like like this it was like in and out in and out in and out Mm -hmm. and so I started to see this beautiful bright green light Mm. surround me and I could feel one of my guides come to me on the left hand side and then as I let go a little bit more I felt someone come around and place their hand on my lower back and I realized and they so they said to me welcome and it was Pachamama Mm. I felt her energy. It was a female energy. She mm. came, mm. she put my hand on my back and she said, welcome. And she was, you know, welcoming me into the medicine. And, and so even though I was letting go a little by little, I still had this fear and it just, it wouldn't subside. And so essentially I pushed it out. I pushed her out. and. I know I wasn't, you know, I was ready mentally, but I don't think I was ready for the body. She experience. recognized that you had gotten what you needed in that moment. And that was, that was what you could and take. That was, right. Yeah. She was kind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then it was something else that's um, the last thing that I saw was um, as I started purging, I was seeing like more of an inner experience, but I was seeing like these little you know, the Grateful Dead, and they have the little bears, the mm-hmm. colorful bears. Mm-hmm. So I was seeing like this, but little devils. <laughs> and they were just like little mini <laughs> Grateful Dead devils. <laughs> so twice, twice you had an experience with that that image, that archetype. Exactly, exactly. And so I realized, so I was like, as I was purging, they were kind of coming out and they were dancing or they were around me and they were being kind of funny you know, I wasn't really scared of them, but I was just more curious. Like, who are you? Why are you here? Those infamous Um, gestures that people talk about, right? Yeah. Have you heard about those? I have a little bit. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So I just went with it. And because I was so scared and they came and they were like, you know, devilish and mischievous, I could feel that mischievous energy from them. They had you know, a little bit of character and humor to them. So I said to them, okay, let's dance. And so I started dancing with them and that lightens the energy a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the movement. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that kind of, you know, again, I kind of pushed out the deeper experience, but it was still beautiful, you know, and it gave me a chance, like I said, to kind of ease into it and see how the medicine works and what you know to expect next time one more journey with ayahuasca i would like to mention yeah please love it so we went to this beautiful place in in Arequipa, peru it's called chilena and it's just it looks like straight out of lord of the rings like Mm. it looks like the shire green grassy hills and river and 
very peaceful. And I said, this is the perfect place. I want to do it outside in nature. So we went there. And so again, I took a full dose. But what's interesting about this dose was, again, you know, I went into it, I started to feel it in my body. And I was a little bit better this time. I said, okay, I felt you before. So I understand I was more receptive. And what I experienced, though, in this journey was an inner journey. It was much more an inner journey than an outer journey. Mm -hmm. And so I just curled myself up into a ball near the fire. My boyfriend was playing the drums and chanting. And I had this beautiful, like an inner shamanic journey almost, where all I remember is like the color yellow was just so bright and intense golden light yellow light I was surrounded by this the whole time and I journeyed with Pachamama deep 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 into the earth and I came out in this cave there was a little bit of water um, around but I remember going to this small little cavern in the cave and I went inside and felt and looked as if I was inside her womb Mm. like I just felt it you know I could Mm. feel like I don't know if it's placenta or just the fluid like amniotic fluid or something you know when you have a baby it's I was just surrounded in this egg of of, like a veil you know Mm -hmm. and I was in there and it was I felt like I was giving birth to myself Mm. It was a really interesting experience. Hard to describe. (laughs) Do you think it could also have been that you were experiencing your own childbirth? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like your own birth, remembering it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Wow. That's exactly what I was experiencing. Um, And it went on for a while. I mean, that process probably, I was in there, let's say for about an hour and then at some point I came out and I turned around and I saw a little baby inside. And I, again, I felt like this was myself as a baby inside the womb. And so I took her, I took the baby and I walked through the cave. Spirit was leading me through the cave and I came out into this other space, which is very interesting because the space I ended up going in the the very end of this journey was a cavern or a cave that I had been to before. It looked very similar to my friend and I did a journey where we went, um, we asked to do a DNA upgrade and these galactic guides came and took us into this cave. And when I got there, I I said to them, I said, I've been here before. It was really interesting. Mm. Um, But anyway, so when I got into the, this, space in the cave there was like a little door again like very Mm hobbit-like but there was a little door a little round door and I could tell she was in there Pachamama like I could tell her she manifested as a woman living in the cave and she was inside this this door and I could hear things going on and then eventually again I mean I'm explaining it quickly but it may have I may have been there for at least half hour you know, sitting outside the door with the baby. So eventually she came, she opened the door 
and I handed the baby to her. And then I journeyed back up into the, into the earth, to the surface. And again, even though that was more of like, it wasn't so much an outer, you know, visual journey, it was more of an inner journey. It was so powerful mm-hmm. and so beautiful. And again, to witness your own birth and then to be able to, like, for me, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm witnessing my own birth and giving myself back to my mother, the divine mother. Mm-hmm. So it was just this whole cycle. And, f- and finding your innocence again, the, the, the purity mm-hmm. that maybe felt as though it had been taken away by the events mm-hmm. of your, of your past, right? Of the child. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I thought it was very curious that, like I said, in the beginning, I was surrounded by yellow lights in this journey. And, you know, recently I've been doing a lot of healing with the father and the masculine. And the solar which, plexus, right? Exactly, which is rooted in the solar plexus and the sun, and they're both yellow. Yeah. So even though I was with the mother and witnessing this birth, that masculine energy was very much present mm-hmm. and surrounding the journey and, again, healing. Um, so it was really, really amazing. How did it, how, how do you feel it integrated then in the weeks following both, both of, of these journeys? How, how did they integrate for you? Do, you? do you have a finger on that yet? It's, sometimes it takes a long time to even know. You know, it's so funny because I've been healing from my trauma for like three years, three to five years now. And after the ayahuasca, you know, those three journeys that I described, I didn't not that I didn't know about the integration, right? I knew that it was a part of, of it, but I I definitely, after the third journey with the, you know, the giving birth and this yellow energy, at that point, not by choice, but just by spirit's guidance, I started to do masculine healing. And I was, I was semi-conscious of it, but I think, again, I had so much fear fear around it because I knew what it would stir up mm-hmm. and I didn't want it to be stirred up it's it's kind of a catch-22 because I'm like I want to heal but it, but know, it's very painful it is yeah and it's it's a very deep journey so I I let that I mean I saw it coming and I did a little bit of work but it wasn't until about a year ago about a year yeah about a year ago when my friend and I really started diving deep into the masculine um, because that is my deepest trauma. And I, th- and I know for sure that's what the ayahuasca was trying to bring into me um, or bring up for me. So I have, you know, since realized that and said, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to deeply integrate this now. And, and I have been, you know, working with spirit um, and just doing so many different, you know, healing modalities hmm Do you, um, do you, um, have, have you found that your connection to spirit and your experience as a medium has, um, in, has intensified since your experience with, with it, with ayahuasca? Yeah, absolutely. It definitely, it definitely opened me up for sure. Yeah. 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 And in a beautiful way, I mean, you know, again, that fear was there when I was taking it, but when I do, you know, when I'm doing 
mediumship, I have no fear, which right. is really interesting. You know, that like my friend and I always say, like, I love working with her and, and with you. I know we've journeyed as well because we can go down into the depths of the darkness and we can sit without fear. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was interesting because the ayahuasca brought up that fear where normally I have no fear. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it, it definitely, you know, enhanced visuals, hearing, you know, um, clairsentience, which is the body, you know, the feeling. Yeah. Um, definitely have been heightened. Yeah. There is, there is one experience I would like to share. Please. Um, where, so I may have mentioned in the beginning, my boyfriend is actually a shaman. He's from Peru. Um, he learned the shamanic traditions and to give ayahuasca. And so there was one time in Mexico where, where we held ceremony together and, you know, so we served it to others. And I remember this, this one man came and I could tell he was really struggling. And he said to me, I think I had mentioned in the beginning that I was a psychic medium and that I was there to help them and, you know, guide them, you know, in any way that I could with my abilities. And so after a while, you know, he took the medicine and then after a while he started, um, he, he asked me a question and he, he said, you know, can you come over and, and talk to me about something? And his sister had died like really traumatically Mm. and he was he wanted to connect with her and so I sat with him and we were talking and I connected and um and so you know we were sitting together and then later on I think so he took one cup so again sometimes you'll be served in a ceremony let's say three little cups and that equals a full dose you know sometimes people want more so he was served a second cup and about 20 minutes later we could tell that he was really getting deeper into the journey. And I'm like debating sharing this. It's a little bit scary, I would say, but you know, we have to embrace everything. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so we could tell it was getting stronger and, you know, we, we were always, we always hold a sacred space doing this, but it really just depends on the person taking it you know, and their dosage and what they especially let through to themselves. Mm -hmm. And I could tell he had a lot of, you know, dense energy surrounding him. So he let through an entity that it scared my, my boyfriend and I a little bit. He started speaking about, I don't remember exactly what he was saying verbatim, right? But he started speaking about children who are molested and how awful that is and then he started saying we should kill them the molesters wow. not the children what was very curious is I was sexually abused when I was young and my boyfriend and I started to realize that he was what and whatever entity he let into his energy field saw what I was holding in mind and started speaking to me through him. Mm. And it was so, it was so wild. Mm. Like he, he just like, I had to leave because he started to say like, 
things um, like we should we should kill them. And he said, you know, some can someone die tonight? And we were just like, like it was so crazy. Um, so that was like the only experience that I've had where it was negative, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But it was it was very curious again for me to see that because he was totally not there right right he wasn't this, this man wasn't present in his in his body anymore he let this yeah. entity come through and just to see that entity come through and then recognize my energy field and what had happened to me and bring that out it was just you know with the medicine and i felt like that was almost in some way i know it's going to sound weird but allowing me to let go of it mhm in a mm-hmm. way does mm-hmm. that make sense yeah I know yes it sounds like a little far-fetched to people but but I think that that was maybe a, even though I didn't personally take the medicine it was still the medicine was still coming through for me to let it go did anybody help him to kind of work through this this energy that came mm. into him was he so oh, yeah. he was able to release it and yeah, yeah. he was right. that must have been yeah. really powerful for him mm-hmm. it was yeah I ended up leaving after like about five minutes because he started to, he kept going with it. And, you know, my boyfriend was like, I, I want you out of here. You know, I don't, I don't think it's safe for you. So I left, but then he helped him, you know, mm-hmm. he sat with him, I think for another three hours and just, and let him release and cleanse and mm-hmm. let that, mm-hmm. let it go. So you, you've mentioned, you've mentioned in the past that, um, that you went when you went down, I think to Mexico, it was you encountered kind of a community of people, right? Who were creating mm-hmm. a space for a potential center for plant medicine, right? Well, well, we actually, my boyfriend and I are doing that, right? We are we are setting up in Mexico and rural, but we were working like we were so in we were in Playa del Carmen in Mexico and there's so we were working with so many different communities who there were people in there that were doing sacred medicine okay but it was just spiritual communities kind of sharing sharing their knowledge and and there wasn't I think you mentioned that there wasn't much um focus on the mediumship side of it the Mm. the entity side of it which, mm-hmm. you know, there, I think that there are different schools of, of um, thought about the use of plant medicine and some schools of thought focus very much on, on the entity side, on the mediumship side. Some even, the whole point is to bring through these darker energies, these dense, denser energies and help them to transmute. That's the whole point. Um, right. But it, it sounds like you were, kind of in an environment where that wasn't necessarily the focus and you had a desire to bring that mediumship aspect into. So it sounds like that's probably what, probably what you're hoping to do with the center that you start with your, with your boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it was very interesting going down to Mexico and I was so excited because I'm like, there's so many um, spiritual communities and groups and, you know, there were people doing Reiki and sound healing and, you know, the plant medicine and which is all amazing. But I said to my friend at some point, I said, where are the psychics? Mm -hmm. You know, where are the mediums? 
yeah, of course, like the shamans, that's essentially what they're doing. They're channeling. Right. right. Um, but it wasn't very prevalent. Like people would say, oh, I'm a channeler, which is, you know, a, a mediumistic ability. But it just, it wasn't as prominent as you th- would think it would be. So I did start, um, I did a few ceremonies. I held a galactic ceremony and I held a few ceremonies um, for third eye activation. I had a galactic guide come to me once and do this third eye activation. So uh, I, I partnered with one of my friends and we held um, almost every month at least one third eye activation ceremony where I would cleanse their people's third eyes and um, we would do rape. If you're familiar with rape mm-hmm. as a sacred tobacco medicine and and then I would guide them on spirit journeys and it was yeah it was just so interesting to me I, I'm like where are the psychics <laughs> you know I was happy to be there and I, th- I think I was there for a reason to help start to open people's eyes too you know because for example my this one girl who I was talking to she was she played the singing bowls right and she was very musical and another friend of ours uh was speaking and to her and she said she's like oh you have to speak to Jacqueline because what you're describing to me is my friend like you know I was having these psychic conversations and opening her up to what I do and so she's like you need to talk to Jacqueline because what you're experiencing is spirit is is you know mediumship and she but she had no idea and so she would tell me these experiences that she was having with the singing bowls like spirit would just come to her and she would intuitively feel to play certain tones or play certain bowls or do it in a certain way so she was being guided but she had no idea. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting it is. in all of these communities that, you know, when you're doing Reiki and you're doing the singing bowls and you're doing the medicine and all of these different modalities, we're working with spirit, but yeah. people, people just didn't have the, the vocabulary yeah. to understand what was going on. Yeah. And so I was so, for me, it was so beautiful to come in and have that knowledge and be able to share with people and open their eyes and say, you are a medium. You just don't know it. And this is how you're working with spirit because we all work with spirit in different ways. Yep. We're all mediums. No, exactly. Not all of us are fortunate enough to know it, but we are all mediums. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it feels just something that comes to mind is it feels important for people to understand that even just in working with plant medicine, it is spiritual there. I mean, I believe some people say it's all just a chemical reaction in the brain. And I kind of don't, I I don't really see the difference, honestly. Okay. Yeah. It is a chemical reaction in the brain. Absolutely. But it, it, it's become so externalized and the experience becomes so 3d, even the inner journeys become 3d that it isn't just a chemical reaction. It is a chemical reaction set in motion in order for us, I feel, to be able to 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 see, feel, 
and know things that are hard for us to see, feel, and know without the plant medicine, right? So it opens us to what's actually there. So we're, we're seeing the things that we can't see when we're not on the plant medicine. And then hopefully, ideally, you begin to open and don't need the plant medicine to be able to see those things. So mm -hmm. it seems important to me to for people to realize that so that they can number one, integrate afterwards so that they can sort of seal up those, as Matt Kahn would say, those Swiss cheese holes that are created in the aura by experiences with plant medicine to sort of seal them back up so that you're not exposed to some of those denser energies that come through. And if you're not aware of that possibility, then how can you, you know, just be, um, vigilant about, about being, um, I guess, I guess self-protective is the word, although I am not a person who really believes that we're in any danger, honestly, but, but I, I do think that our energy can be held back, can be made dense when we're not, when we don't integrate and when we're not aware of the possibilities of what can happen without those integrations. Right. So it's, it's really important for people to, to see the the spiritual side of it, I think, for that reason, rather than just looking at it as a psychological healing journey, which it is, but it's more, you know. I I, I agree. I do think it's a very spiritual process, and you know, like you're saying, this chemical reaction, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think we we all know right about the pineal gland that sits in the center of our brains, this tiny little gland, and what to, to me and what I've researched and what I feel is that what the, the plant medicine is, is doing, you know, the ayahuasca, the wachuma, um, psilocybin. psilocybin, thank you. Um, <laughs> what those medicines are doing is they're stimulating that gland, the pineal mm -hmm. gland. Mm -hmm. And it's basically like a little light switch. They're just turning it on. They're just activating it, mm -hmm. right? So I get like what you were saying. People are like, oh, it's a chemical reaction. Yes, it's a chemical reaction. But it's just it's just there to turn that switch on. Yeah. And, you know, we use plant medicine because it turns that switch on very intensely, very mm -hmm. powerfully. Mm -hmm. But we can turn that switch on in other ways. You know, again, we can develop our supernatural abilities. Um, there's one doctor who I love. You, I think you know him, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm -hmm. And he taught, he has this method called supernatural breathing, where it's just, just this breathing exercise and it allows you. So he talks about it. I won't go into too much detail, but he talks about it as because the pineal gland is surrounded in crystals, they're piezoelectric crystals. And anytime like through the breathing technique, you're essentially creating an electric charge that stimulates the pineal gland and switches it on. Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting to me, you know, when people say to me, oh, ayahuasca is a drug. I don't believe that. You mm -hmm. know, I think a drug is something that you can become addicted to and is, you know, kind of man-made to me. But the plant medicines, I think they're just here to help us enhance an experience that we can have naturally, you know. And I, I like something that Hamilton Morris said. Hamilton Morris has a, a used to have a show on Vice TV called Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia. And he is a chemist mm -hmm. who who uh, experienced 
at any substance you can possibly imagine. And he strongly believes that all, all chemicals, whether it is ayahuasca, DMT, psilocybin, LSD, cocaine, heroin, all of it has a purpose and a, and a high level purpose. It's just the ways in which it can be abused or what are dangerous. So it's actually the human implementation of those things that create the, the drug label, yeah. right? So, right. but- right. So they even heroin has a, I mean, morphine, you know, it, it all has a purpose. It all has a high purpose, but some of, sometimes it feels so good that it becomes a, a low, a low purpose. <laughs> low, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, to that note, I've also seen people, you know, abuse ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. I absolutely have as well. Many people I think are constantly seeking the bliss of the experience without actually, integrating the experiences mm, well, that, that is abuse that's major abuse right. right but i think i think eventually you get kicked on your ass when you do that you know <laughs> right yeah no you definitely do eventually yeah. so again you know just going back to like trauma healing i so for after a while i wanted to start microdosing with psilocybin and I couldn't get my hands on it. I had one connection and, you know, was really hopeful and it just fell through. And then I thought about it for a second and I was like, wait a second, has anyone ever microdosed with ayahuasca? And I had no idea, but I said, screw it. I'm going to try it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I took, I had this little dropper bottle. Um, I was using some other like CBD supplement that was done. It was finished in the bottle and I had it. And so I just I mixed up the honey and some water and like I think I think in the bottle it was like a one ounce bottle and I may have put a full dose in there or half dose with with some water and so I started microdosing because I'm like if we can microdose with psilocybin why can't I microdose with ayahuasca mm -hmm. and now that I've, I've been doing it I now I see people doing it um but it's been, so what I do is I just take the dropper and maybe like a half, I think it's 25 milliliters. Um, do your research though, guys, if you're going to do this. But so I, every night before I go to sleep, I put it under my tongue. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed is incredible because, you know, again, as a psychic, I have very lucid dreams. And I'll, I'll have really um, vivid dreams um, where I remember a lot of things, but that in particular doing the ayahuasca it's like a mini session every mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. and I've noticed like the dreams allow me to process you know things without doing the full session mm -hmm. and it's been really incredible healing with that um wow so that's another you know journey that I've I've discovered which I really loved yeah I uh I had a very very lucid dream last night where I was aware that I was dreaming. And oh, wow. wow. Yeah, which is very unusual for me. I've wanted it to happen for a while, but it happened for the first mm -hmm. time last night. I, I knew I was dreaming. I, I couldn't quite accept it, though. I was like, I know I'm dreaming, but I can't. I just can't. It's just too real. And when I woke up, oh. I woke up with a sigh because I was just... <laughs> relieved it wasn't really a pleasant dream that I was having uh, it was uh, kind of okay. it was kind of an anxiety dream but mm. but um I I just felt that it was an important message about how we're we're dreaming right now 
You know, everything we're doing right now is a dream. And it's such a powerfully strong dream that we can't accept it. You know, of course, it's too real for us to accept that this is not actually real. It's just too real, but it's a dream. Mm -hmm. And we're going to wake up from it and move on Mm -hmm. to the place where we sigh. Yeah. And we sigh and say, thank God. (laughs) God. None of that really counted. (laughs) It does count though. Well, Jacqueline, this has been a really interesting conversation. I'm so glad I got to hear your uh, some of your experiences and I want to hear more as they come. Um, very mm-hmm. powerful. And as you were telling them, they, I was just really so just covered in goosebumps. It was really, really mm-hmm. amazing. I could feel the the healing. And do I'm sure you already have, but do some research about the Shipibo tribe and, and their sacred geometry. Oh, and right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because uh-huh. of the whole, I don't think it's not, it's common, but it's not very common to see sacred geometry as someone who's not a member of that kind of um, lineage. You know what I mean? You see it, yeah. but but to have it be as intense as that, I think is something else. It's it's something yeah. to, to think about and research and meditate yeah. on, I think. It, okay. it, I think it points to your healing capacity mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. it's- very cool. But do yeah. you want to, uh, do you want to share your social media stuff? Sure. Um, so my website is the quintessential mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and my Instagram is the same. Perfect. Quint- the quintessential and the quintessential garden on Instagram and people can get in touch with you about your mediumship Reiki and even questions mm-hmm. about, uh, your center that you're working mm-hmm. on starting. That'll yeah. be very cool once that happens. Maybe Thanks. I'll come down. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Thank you very much, Jacqueline, for thank you as well. Me. And yeah. I will um talk to you soon. Same okay. place. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.